Brando Banter, Larry and Duff. Duff, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Larry? A few beers deep. We're doing good, man. <laughs> A couple of good beers, too, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Joined today by Jason Holloway. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's great. Appreciate you doing it. Um, yeah. Just recently, he tried his first Treehouse beer. That's right. Just a few, maybe 35, 40 minutes ago. Like, it was green. Nice. Yeah. yeah and I, well, no, the beer wasn't green. The, <laughs> it was green was the name of the beer. That's, <laughs> what, I, that's what I mean. <laughs> the beer was we're, green. We're, the, the, uh, last podcast, green. we were talking about uh, Florida water being not so uh, great. So we just want to make sure. We did have to clear that clear, up because this podcast it. is coming out right after St. Patrick's Day. So, oh. uh, no. you know, yeah, well. The beer was not green. The beer's <laughs> name is green. Yes. And it was excellent. Like, it might be... The best beer I've ever had. Okay. Wow. Oh, yeah. There we go. High praise, but uh, they're used to that. Yeah. And and there's, you know, the reason that that's kind of significant is you've recently started homebrewing. Yes. Correct. And and one of your inspirations, one of the things that you've been to try to hone your craft to improve, you've been watching a lot of the Treehouse uh, yeah. videos and, and kind of, now what are, what are they going over where you're watching? How they brew or just their operation? Or? Yeah, they go, they go through... Um, a, a lot of that detail like it, they go over like tours of the brew house and like the areas of, of like the brewing process that are really important to them you know they they do just sort of like simple like try to be entertaining and like one yeah. one one good uh, video they had was where they went through and and asked all the employees what was their favorite beer of 2022 okay. right and it was you know had some common answers but it was all over the place and that was entertaining did anybody give one that wasn't a treehouse beer <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Strictly I think they, prohibited. Uh, Bush light. Uh, Andy's here. <laughs> I think they were all. Uh, they were all trained. But Julius was a common answer, and yeah. uh, okay. there, there, there was, you know, um, you know, it was all over the place. But they're, they're, you, they found some commonalities through it. But they go through and, and kind of show the process. And one of the coolest videos that I've seen recently is they started out brewing on the exact same system that um, that that. I'm using right, so oh, really? it's a, it's a, called a Sabco Brew Magic, and uh, it's the exact. So the only difference between the system that they're that they started on and the system that we have is that their system is was propane powered, and ours has been converted to electricity. So okay, so um, that's the, that's the only difference. It's, otherwise, it's identical. So that was kind of inspiring. I didn't even sure. know that. I just oh, okay. it just kind of happened. Just coincidence. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying we? Who do you do you brew with? I do, but uh, I've 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 tried I'm I'm trying <laughs> to limit how many special effects you play today. Uh. Right? So yeah, I'm, I've partnered up with uh, one of our common friends, Mr. Phil. <laughs> yeah. So Phil and I are are, are partnering together. We, awesome. we we've created what we're calling Link Brewing Company. Where, where beer is sort of the missing link, bringing people together. Oh, you should have brought the yeah. shirt. You yeah. guys had the shirt on the other night. Yeah. 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 That's a cool idea. Yeah. And are, is there, are you looking to sell down the road? or? Oh, I mean, eventually, like, you don't, like, like, um, like I don't, like, when, when I get into something, like, I, I don't do it just, I, I kind of do it going all in. Sure. Like, and, and, I, and I think, you know, the ultimate goal would be to, to get it to the point where it's good enough to, to sell. Right. right? Um, yeah, we're nowhere near that right now. <laughs> we, we've just started. In fact, you know, we were talking like our our very first beer that we brewed just finished this past week, and uh, and uh, we were lucky enough because we know some folks at a local bar called Pie Road that it was on tap at Pie Road this week because mm -hmm. it's 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 beer week in in Tampa. This yes, week, it is so. Tampa Beer Week. Yeah, so yeah, so it was on it was on tap. It was a Vienna Lager. We called it the Kraken, and. Uh, 
Um, you know, I, I think the, the the feedback, Matt had it, right? Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. But it was funny. Jason showed up. I'm like, hey, great job. You know, I really liked the beer. Went back for seconds. And all of a sudden, I look over and Jason's gone. I'm like, he just got here. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, my day job called. I had to go back to work. But, gotcha. uh, but yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, I think the feedback was 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 better than my feedback, right? But, you know, I think, you know, you're always your own worst critic. Absolutely. Right? So, yeah. Yep. I was the same way. I had brewed beer like five years ago. Um, my first one I thought was super average, but I had friends try it. I think I think you tried it. Well, you would have had to have. Yep. Um, and, you know, everybody was like, yeah, it's, it's a good beer. I mean, it's not, you know, treehouse, but you don't expect your first one to be treehouse. So, right. Did you know, by the way, that I th- Mike Sheard works at treehouse? I saw that, yeah, on, on yeah. Facebook, yeah. I was super jealous of that. Could you imagine working at Treehouse? Oh, I, I see when he posts pictures of the beers every week, you know. Like. Yeah, that facility. At least I don't know which one they show in the videos. I think it's their main The main brewery. one in Charlton. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's where It's amazing. Like, just, yeah. just I mean, everything is, like, completely automated. And mm-hmm. and they remove any any sort of, like, external noise. It's like everything is just, like, it's awesome. Yeah, I was there uh, three weeks ago, and it it is insane. Yeah. I had called... I, uh, an Emperor Julius. Yeah. It was, um, I, and I usually don't rate beers like crazy, and I don't rate them all the time, as Larry would tell you. gets yeah. pissed when I don't rate them. <laughs> but I rated this one a 475. And, oh, nice. Uh, I think it's the, the, the Elusive 5. I don't know if I've rated a beer a 5 yet, but. I have. I've given yeah. like four or five beers fives. It was mm-hmm. very hazy, which. I have one left in my fridge, and I almost brought it, but nope. selfishly, yeah, of course, you keep that. <laughs> I think yourself. my favorite beer ever. Yeah, you know, and you only brought me, I think, four of those, so kept yeah. it. Like I've learned, like <clears throat> I think you know they're most famous for their hazies, right? Yeah. Yep. And um, what I've learned in the very short time I've been sort of homebrewing is that oxygen is the enemy of a hazy oh, IPA, yeah. and what they have perfected is like like eliminate exposure to oxygen to the greatest extent possible. So, mm. I mean, that beer from the time it's fermented to the time you open the can hasn't touched oxygen. Right. And that's really hard for, you know, non-professional brewers to do, <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah, you don't want anything because any, anytime bacteria gets in and it can get in through the mm. air, that would ruin essentially your batch and you have mm. off flavors and all that stuff. So, yeah. so you've been to a Super Bowl. This is, uh, I, we're going to jump around here, but. Sure. Uh, kind of a dream of mine to be able to go to a Super yeah. Bowl. I'd love to do it someday. Yeah. How did you get to go? You went to the Patriots Rams, right? I did. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the way I got to go is that um, I have a really good friend that I met in my time working for the government who is from originally from Narragansett, Rhode Island. Okay. Actually, I think he's originally from the Boston area, but he's got a house in Narragansett now. And uh, um, he's a lifelong Patriot fan, has had – Patriot ticket, Patriot season tickets for forever, oh, right? Okay. And uh, and so he would always, as a result of having the Patriot season tickets, he would buy the playoff tickets and and um, in advance. Like so, he would buy, he would sign up to buy the playoff tickets before the season started, right? And then they give them the option to buy Super Bowl tickets um, if they make it that far. Wow. <clears throat> when the Patriots made it that far, quite often, sure. And so he would always buy them, and he had um, he had an extra ticket for that 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 year, and he offered it to me, and and I had to take it. Well, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I have to take that. Yeah, so yeah, it was it was really a cool experience. That um, 
it was in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and mm. um, they did a great job. The whole that whole week, the whole Super Bowl like experience was was really excellent. So you guys got in early, did the whole yeah. week. Well, uh, not the whole week. I think um, probably I think I we came in Thursday night, so we were there Friday, okay. Saturday, Sunday. Flew home Monday. Yeah. Pre- before the the actual game itself, anything like stand out that was cool that you got to do? Um, Meet anybody or? Yeah, so they. Um, you know, they have the whole Super Bowl experience, right? So, like, in the, like, right close to the stadium, like in, in um, some conference center there in downtown Atlanta, you know, they had, you know, like the, the I don't know what you call it, the Super Bowl experience, right? So they had all the displays and all, like, the, you know, you know pass, kick, and, you know, punt contest. And mm-hmm. it was a whole... It was a whole week long experience, and with the tickets, you got to go in there, and it would be you know they you you would see the who's who from the NFL, right? So they'd have all the broadcast. They, every major broadcast company was there, and you'd have ex players and current players like they're in and out of there the whole week doing interviews. So you I mean you would just walk down, you know, just you know you know walk down the aisle and, and see like you know Emmett Smith, or walk down the aisle and see like Joe Montana, right? It was just crazy, right? It's and and then just all kinds of games and souvenir, like every team was represented. So you could, you could get like, you know, gear from any team if, mm. if you weren't, if you weren't a fan of the two teams that were there. But and he had two tickets. So it was just you and him. I just had, he had, he actually had, he, cause he, he, he had four tickets okay. and he gave me one. So it was he and his wife and his son and me. That's right? awesome. Yeah. yeah. Must be a good friend to get a Super Bowl. Yeah, ticket. Well, yeah, true. I paid for it. He didn't <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> but, uh, but it was, uh, it was, it was a really cool experience. It, it was a bucket list type thing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. For sure. Um, yeah. You know, I think we talked. I grew up in East Tennessee, so mm-hmm. I'm a huge Tennessee volunteer fan. Like, I bleed orange. And uh, so my, <laughs> you guys are probably going to hate this, but my guy's Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. Yeah, my guy's <laughs> Peyton. So I would have loved to have been able to go when the Colts win or when the sure. Broncos went, but uh, but this was the next best thing. Yeah, okay. Okay. I think from, I don't know about you, Larry, but I had a mutual, I had a respect for Peyton Manning. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't hate him, but I, I hated to play him. Right. It's like and actually for up. the longest time, Brady would always win, so it was actually pretty easy. It was easy. actually fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. It was always, mm-hmm. uh, it's like growing up with the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. You hated Derek Jeter, but right. you always respected him. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Peyton's the same thing, and I'm sure... Yeah, unless he went to the Jets, then, then there'd be some hate. <laughs> yeah, like I might lose respect for Aaron Rodgers here pretty soon, but... Yeah. You had some respect for him? I'm just kidding. Yeah, you... What? I've never been a big fan, but... Oh, come on. Uh, he's great. Like, uh, I hope he doesn't go to the Jets. Like, maybe he'll come to Tampa. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, no, yeah. if he goes to the Jets, I mean, it, it, in typical Jets fashion, they'll just... <laughs> Just, I, just, it's probably a suck. bad way to say it, crash and burn. Yeah, but still suck. Like, Here's yeah. the I have a, a, a this is just me, but I think he he won't go to the Jets, even though there's all this talk about it. Yeah. And I think it's because who did he follow in Green Bay? Yeah. And where did that guy go? Yeah. And it didn't go well. So I don't yeah. think Aaron Rodgers wants to follow in Brett Favre's footsteps anymore. Yeah, and I think if he plays this year, he'll be at Green Bay. Although <laughs> there was there was a meme a few years ago that um, when Brady was going in the free agency and like oh you think he's the greatest ever and they somehow superimposed the Jets jersey on him he's like if he's the greatest <laughs> ever he's gonna win a, he has to win a Super Bowl with these guys <laughs> like, so you never know I mean that could be something that you know Rogers just say all right the Jets have been failures for fifty years uh, you know hey if you win it here by that logic does that make uh, Namath the best ever. 
No, not that. But yeah, Brady's. Well, I think Brady's. by stats wise, he's barely like he barely makes the Hall of Fame. Yeah. No, I know, but you said for Brady to be the best ever, he's got to win with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Well, the no, no, guy. no. I meant take a team that is just. 50 years has been just shit in the bed, like, and winning the Super Bowl with them. That's what I meant. Not necessarily winning just because you're with the Jets. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to say, but uh, Brady's the greatest ever, right? That's that's tough words. Those are tough words to come out of my mouth. But Even people who don't believe it kind of just have to say it now. It's true. He's like won you, seven Super you Bowls. You can't argue with the stats, right? Yeah. He's so, got two, arguably three Hall of Fame careers yeah, he in one. He does. I, I grew up in, so I was in high school in the 90s, right? Like in the prime, like, you know, um, and even growing up before that, like um, before cable television, like I got WGN, like everybody got yeah. WGN. So I was a huge Chicago Bulls fan, huge Michael Jordan fan. So I compare sort of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady to like um, um, Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan. Okay. You could not like both of them. Right. You could not be a Michael Jordan fan and an Isaiah Thomas fan. Right. Because Isaiah Thomas was Jordan's bane. If it wasn't for the Pistons, Jordan would have nine championships. Sure. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, so you can't be a Peyton Manning fan and like Tom Brady. It just can't yeah. happen. Right. Because, yeah. again, if it wasn't for the Patriots and Brady, Peyton would not just have two Super Bowls. Right. Oh, yeah. No yeah. doubt. So. No so doubt. but but that's just. But his brother. Stop the Patriots! He did. He did. He did. I mean, I love Eli, right? So, I mean, I like the Manning family, right? Uh, they're they're big. I mean, they're a big institution in East Tennessee, and uh, so anyhow. I wonder why Manning went to Tennessee, but Eli went to Ole Miss. Well, his dad went to Ole Miss, right? Yeah, I think Peyton. Oh, did he? His dad. His dad did go to Ole Miss, right? And um, uh, I think Peyton was just trying to like pave his own path. And because Peyton had done that, it freed Eli to to follow in his dad's footsteps. Okay. Right? Where, so where's then, Arch going? Is he Texas. going to Texas? Yeah, Texas. I was going to say. So it's yeah. even it was yeah. recruited by everybody, right? Everybody. Yeah. yeah. yeah South Florida just missed out. <laughs> I had heard there. Now that's the kid, the, the Manning that's supposed to be better than. Peyton. Is it Cooper's son? Is that who it is? It's Cooper's son. Okay. Yeah. So the one, he, the one non-athlete producer. No, 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 no. He's a, he no. was actually a great athlete. No, oh, Cooper. Was Cooper apparently was the best athlete between. Peyton and Eli. Cooper was supposedly the best. He was a wide receiver. Okay, so athleticism was. Yeah. So neck issues? Neck. He had a neck injury, right? Uh, that, that, so that, that ended his. Uh, <laughs> he didn't even get to play college football. He hurt his neck in high school uh, and had to stop playing. But yeah. Okay, interesting. But they all went to the same high school. They all went to Newman High School in New Orleans. All of them. Right. Like, so, um, it yeah. must have been one hell of a football program. Yeah. <laughs> you know, last year they played um, um, Berkeley. So oh, really? Berkeley okay. played Newman, and and, uh, and for the listeners, Berkeley's in Tampa. Just yeah, so you know, Berkeley, a big prep school in Tampa, actually. Yeah. So and uh, they played when Arch Manning was a quarterback. It was last year, and uh, Berkeley actually had state championship football team and high school team in, in Florida, and a uh, running back who's now playing for the University of Central Florida, and uh, Berkeley beat Newman, right? But yeah, it was, oh, wow. it was neat to watch that. Yeah. So. You said you grew up in Tennessee. I did. In like the Knoxville area. Right. Um, how did, I mean, how'd your family end up there? Yeah, so um, that's a good story. My, um, my grandfather um, was originally from a small town sort of in central Tennessee called Clarksville, which is kind of near Nashville, mm. between sort of Knoxville and Nashville. And uh, my grandmother was from Cincinnati, Ohio, right? But and the, the way that they met was my grandfather got a job for General Electric back in the early 40s, um, I think building aircraft engines, right? Oh, that's and, cool. And uh, 
But there was an accident in the factory where my grandfather lost like the majority of his hearing. And so when the World War II draft happened, um, he, he couldn't get drafted. Like they didn't draft him. Okay. Right? And he wanted to serve, right? And um, couldn't serve like as active duty military. Um, and this opportunity came up for him to go be auxiliary military police at this little town in East Tennessee um, that called Oak Ridge, right? Mm-hmm. Which was um, part, which what, what ultimately ended up being half of the Manhattan Project during World War II. But at the time, they, nobody that worked there except for the most senior people like in the military leadership there knew what was going on. Okay. And so, but he went there to serve as military police to guard that city called the Secret City. Um, and that's how we ended up there, right? So, and, and the Manhattan Project was, you know, Oak Ridge, Tennessee, Los Alamos, New Mexico. It's where, in Oak Ridge is where they had the first graphite reactor that separated plutonium and uranium into the nuclear reactive materials that got shipped to Los Alamos to actually assemble the two bombs that got dropped in Japan. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought for some reason, I thought that happened in the... Or that was that, that wasn't Area Fifty One, wasn't they? Part did of that? testing. They, they did, did testing, testing in okay. there, but where they actually where they where they manufactured the the nuclear material was Oak Ridge. Okay. Where they assembled it was in Los Alamos, and because of all the desert areas out in the yeah. the New Mexico, Nevada, you know, California areas, they, they that's where they did the actual testing. Right. That's a cool claim to fame. Yeah, my grandfather was part of the Manhattan Project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's like so. That's how. That's why you know I'm I'm from that from that area. Awesome. Yeah. And you've moved to Florida. When uh, moved to Florida, like almost a little bit over a year ago, December of. Oh, uh, you're pretty new here. Okay. Yeah, so December of 21. Yeah, and uh, um, but yeah, but that so there's a long there's a many steps between Oak Ridge and <laughs> and today. <laughs> okay. Right. So um um you know I um I ultimately joined the Air Force right um and uh, um. My second duty station was at Herbert Field, which is up in Fort Long Beach in the Panhandle. Okay. And um, and and then um, coupled with that, my my mom's brother and sister live in Florida. Like so, my my aunt and uncle, uncle lives in the Gainesville area, so mm-hmm. a little city called Lake Butler. And then my my aunt lives down in Davie, which is like between Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Yep. And um, and so growing up, you know, we would come and we'd spend a lot of time in Florida growing up. Um, but but what caused us to choose this place, like it, it was that when we were stationed here, my wife and I really enjoyed Florida a bunch. Yeah. And my job now doesn't really care where I'm at. I work remote, so oh perfect. So they, I asked them if I can move to Florida, and they were like, sure. Did so the remote thing start during COVID, or were you pre-remote working remote? It's funny, that? like the my current job. Um, my company is stationed. My company is based out of Santa Clara, California, so Northern California. And when they hired me, they hired me as remote. Right? This was pre-COVID. <laughs> like, my job offer came in like in January, when COVID outbreak was in March. Oh, right. Okay. So I started in March. Right. Right after. Oh, right at the beginning. Right after wow. everything closed that down. Um, but um, but I was going to be remote. It, it, but COVID wasn't the reason I was remote. Okay. Right. Um, when it, whenever they interviewed me, I said, I'm not moving to California. Right. <laughs> and so they're like, that's OK. You can work remote. I'm like, OK, I'll, that, that'll work out. So so it, and then everything went remote. So, yeah. yeah. So. So Air Force, can you tell me about your time there? Were you stationed anywhere outside yeah. the country? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I um, 
I joined in January of 1996, and, uh, and you know, to that point— Was I, that right out of high school, or— No, um, um, when, I got, when I graduated high school, I, I played tennis in high school, and I got, I got offered a tennis scholarship. I, I, played, I, I went to college for a year on tennis scholarship. Oh, nice. Um, and, uh, um, but I met my wife, and we got married, and, uh, and you know— like if you're an NCAA athlete, like you're not allowed to work because between school and your athletic commitments, it's full time. Yeah. It's full. You don't have time to work, right? If you worked, you couldn't. Something would give, right? You, sure. Either your academics would give, or your commitment to the, your scholarship would give. So the NCAA doesn't allow you to work, right? So when I made the decision to get married, something had to give, right? And mm-hmm. so, uh, so I decided to, you know. Um, you know, I left college and joined the military. And, and one of the th- reasons why I did that was because of the GI Bill, because I knew that I would be able to get the GI Bill to, con- to finish my college education. And, oh, okay. And so, yeah, but yeah, so I joined in 96, and, um, um, and this, this little kid from East Tennessee that <laughs> had really only been to Florida outside of Tennessee, they decided to send me to England, right? <laughs> okay. So my first, my first duty station was uh, in, uh, uh, at a airbase called Mildenhall Air Base and um it's uh it's in East Suffolk okay. which is about 70 miles northwest of London right so i i spent 4 years there yeah. and uh, it was awesome like when we first went my wife and i like it was it was it was culture shock yeah a like different. like almost everything there closes around five o'clock right except for the pubs right and then <laughs> but even the pubs close a little bit early and and, and uh you know, even though they speak the same language, like it's just so much slower pace of life there. Um, and uh, it took us a few a few months, maybe a year to get used to it. But once we did, like we didn't want to leave. Like when the four years was up, we wanted, we were trying to find a way to stay because um, we really, really enjoyed the time there. We traveled all over Europe, right? Because um, it's so easy. I mean, we were... You know, I was I was junior enlisted. We didn't have any money, but but it was super it was super easy to you know you know you know you can in a day be in Scotland, right? right? Um, you could in a day be in you, you get you drive to Dover and get on the ferry and you're in Calais, France, and then when you're in Calais, you're you're a couple hours from like seven eight countries, right? So it was just it was just that was it was you know in our early twenties, no kids. Travel in Europe. Yeah, it was yeah. it was really I had cool. Experienced a lot early. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, you were there ninety six to like two thousand. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I spent I spent when it turned from ninety eight to ninety nine. We did that in Edinburgh, Scotland. Right. So we awesome. did New Year's Eve in Edinburgh. Right. And it was that was that was a fun time. That was that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. There, that's a big drinking town. Oh right man, here. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was it was like I think it was the only time in my life I almost got in a like a like. Fist fight, right? Because, because <laughs> okay. uh, in uh, Scotland, in Scotland, okay. because we were we were on the streets and like we were, it's called Princess Street, right, in Edinburgh, which is a street that kind of runs right through the middle of the town, but the castle, like the the royal castle, is like on this hill. Mm-hmm. It's really picturesque, right? But we're on this Princess Street on New Year's when it's turning ninety eight to ninety nine, and it's packed and everyone's hammered. And this Scottish guy decides, like, just to pull it out and pee on my wife. What? Yeah, he just peed on her shoes. Like, just in the middle of the street, huh. he was so drunk. And, oh, man, my, I, that's the only time I, I – that's yeah. the only time in my life I've almost fought somebody. I'm surprised you didn't understand <laughs> that. Yeah, geez. 
yeah. They had to they had to hold me back. It, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But it, other than that, it was a great. It was a great. It was a great night. Yeah. Other than that, okay. There's no peeing on my white shoes. Yeah. Shoes. Yeah. Good time. yeah. So I actually my my best friend from high school was over. I'm oh, sorry. Was over with me and my brother had come over and we, so it was it was a good time. Yeah. It was a really good time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> going back, I, I guess let's. Did you meet your wife in college? I, it's a funny story. Like I, um, I met her when I was in college, but she didn't go to the same college that I went to. Okay. Like, um, that, that's a, so, so I was, I played tennis and, um, and I was actually, when I met her was dating a girl on the, the female tennis team. Um, I was a freshman, she was a junior and, um, and, you know, we'd gotten pretty serious. Like, I mean, we, we were only dating each other and it'd been a while and, and my mom didn't think that was healthy. Right. So my mom worked at a department store in my, you know, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Yeah. And because the, the, where I went to school was Jefferson City. It was called, a, a school called Carson Newman College, which is maybe 30 minutes from University of Tennessee. And um, and, uh, you know, I, she's like, Jason, you need to come down to the department store. Right. You, you need to sort of just walk around. And if there's anyone there that catches your eye, just let me know and I'll set you up on a date with her because you need to date more than one person. Right. <laughs> So, so I did it, right? That's what I did. I, I went to the store and I walked around and I saw my wife, Rhonda, and I said, mom, her. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I didn't know who she was. I didn't know her name, right? Yeah. Like her. And, uh, mom, hook me up with her. Yeah. And so we went on our first date and, uh, the rest is history. Now she'll tell the story much differently. Right. Uh, uh, cause you know, um, you know, there was some steps in between that day and, and us getting married, but uh, sure, of course. But that's how I met her. But you right? knew right away, so. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, she she knew right away. She okay, she she'll, she'll claim that she she claims that like she says that when she saw me that day, she knew that I was the guy she was going to marry. Wow. Right? Yeah. Now I I'll be honest. I did not think that when I met her. Right. I I was there, and, and no, that's no offense to her. That sounds really terrible. No, right. It, but but. But I was there really sort of because my mom had asked me to be there. Right. And, and, um, you were humoring your mom. I was. Yeah, sure. Window um, shopping. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, because I, I, again, it, I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be like that guy that was dating multiple girls. Right. So, um, I, I was there to humor my mom, but it actually turned out to be the best thing that ever happened in my life. Right. Because nice. I, I would not be who I am today. I would not be sitting here talking to you guys if it wasn't for Rhonda. So I'll give you a quick story from my life that I've never really told. I essentially, so when we had started getting serious, her mom's like, you know, you're in, you're, you just got out of college. You you know, haven't been dating a ton. And now you've been with this guy a while and it's getting serious. Are you sure you don't want to date a little more before? And, you know, part of me, like hearing, because Megan told me her mom was telling her this. I'm like, does she not like me? Or is, you know, I ended up marrying her and I have a great relationship with her family. But her mom was definitely like, you should make sure you don't, you know, make sure he's the one. You might want to date around a little more. Don't get too serious. And uh, here we are. Yeah, when, when did you find <laughs> out that? Like, I was trying to. Trying to pinpoint with it. I haven't even honestly thought of that for quite a while, but it was definitely after she was out of college. So it, you know, it would have been somewhere we were together at least two, three years at that point, and we got oh. married at four. But when did so, you find out? Did you find out right when she asked Megan or no? I don't know how long she had okay. been saying that to Megan. 
<laughs> but, first date? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I probably. No. <laughs> I do know Megan's in college. You know, Megan was going to college, and I know her parents' initial impression of me. I did go to Connecticut School of Broadcasting, mm-hmm. but I didn't go to a conventional college. Their whole family was all had college degrees and and all. And most of them went to the same college. A lot of them went to the same right? college, yeah. And they're looking at me and you didn't go when there. we started dating, and I'm like a manager of a sporting goods store, mm-hmm. no college degree. Um, you know, I'm driving like a, a Toyota Camry, Toyota the time? Camry or yeah. something like that, like a. <laughs> Piece of shit car. There's like our daughter who's about to get her, you know, her college degree is dating this schmuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously, uh, things improved after that. I could, I guess, looking at it from their perspective, maybe understand (laughs) why. But uh, yeah, I don't know the timing of I forget. She didn't, maybe we can get Megan on and she can answer that, I'm sure. So it's just funny that that happened yeah, yeah. to you, but yeah. from the other perspective. Yeah. So, but again, like the best thing that ever happened to me. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you guys are here. You are. You got married. You said you were around 20. So. Yeah. We got married like right before we joined the Air Force, like maybe a year before. And you both joined together? No, she, um, no, I joined first and she fought, she came with me to England. She got, she worked on the British economy. Um, she worked for, um, it was called Eastern Electricity, like, like but, but the electric companies, it's right when cell phones were really starting to, like cell phone, like in the UK and Europe, they were about five years ahead of the United States with cell phone technology. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. And, um, huh. and so cell phones were almost ubiquitous at that time in the, early, in the late 90s and uh, in, the, in the UK. And so the electric company owned all the cell phone towers, right? And so she was helping sort of like survey and stand up like towers to expand the cell network there. Uh, but yeah, it was going so well for me in the military that we were like, "Hey, this is a pretty good. This is a pretty good way of life." So she joined from there. So she actually in processed in Germany and then flew back to the United States for train, basic training oh, yeah, in '99. So, and then um, and then that's when I got the orders from um, England to Florida, right? And then mm-hmm. she got a, a joint assignment. I was at Herbert Field, which is in Fort Walton, and she was at Eglin Air Force Base, which is only about five miles away. Oh, perfect. So yeah. you're close by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So England, U.S., any any other? Yeah, so we went we went from from England to Florida. We were in Florida for three years. I finished my degree in Florida and, and got commissioned. So I was enlisted, um, got selected to become an officer, and um, um, went and did training in Montgomery, Alabama for officer training school. And then my orders from there were to... to um, um, Davis Mothin Air Force Base, which is in Tucson, Arizona. So we moved from Florida to Tucson, spent three and a half years in Tucson, and then got orders from Tucson to Langley Air Force Base, which mm. is in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Yep. Right. And so then that's where I finished my Air Force career was in Hampton Roads, Virginia, and at Langley Air Force Base. Yeah. And that's where you were before you moved to Florida? <coughs> right. Uh, that's Virginia. Southern Virginia. So, um, so when I got out of the Air Force, like, um, so the Air Force said, you know, just like any other organization, like they sort of go through these big hiring sprints where they try to like, you know, really kind of increase the numbers. And then, you know, four years later they realize, Oh, we overhired. (laughs) Right. And we've got too many people. And so they were, they were offering early out incentives. Like if you got out, they would, if you would, if you would voluntarily leave, they would, they would give you like a severance. Yeah. And, um, um, I was a communications officer, like so. I did I did like network security and satellite communications, and 
And so I never had to deploy because I could do everything remote from, from, from where, where I was. But Rhonda was attached to f fighter squadrons. So she, she, was, um, she was attached to like an F-16 squadron, then an A-10 squadron, then an F-22 squadron. And, um, and she was an intelligence, um, an intelligence analyst. And so basically what she did was like, she would get like battlefield plans and pick targets and then brief the pilots on, hey, this is what you're going after, you need to go. And then she would debrief the pilot after their mission and say, hey, how was it, you know, yeah. so that they could inform the next mission. And so she couldn't do that remote. So she was always deployed. So she was in Afghanistan several times. And, and, um, and you know, we had been married at this point for almost 15 years and um, you know, 12, 13 years at that time. Mm -hmm. And we were like, this isn't going to work if we want to start a family. So we got to try yeah. to find something else to do. And so when, when the Air Force offered that early out, um, I was like, I wanted to do 20 years of service but I wanted to have something a little more steady. So I just blindly applied for the Central Intelligence Agency, <laughs> right? Not, not knowing anything about it, like other than I had seen like the Good Shepherd and, and, and uh, I'm like, oh, that seems like a cool place to work, right? So, so, um, so I just applied, right? And, and it was just, it was this right place, right time, right? Yeah. So it was during the surge of the Gulf War, you know, General Petraeus, surge of the Gulf War. Right. Um, you know, we had a bunch of four operating bases where we needed comms and I was a SATCOM guy. And so they hired me. Like I just I got a call and they're like, yeah, you know, you want to come interview? And, and that was an interesting process. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I made it through it and, and they gave me an offer and I took the early out. And like I, in, I so it's funny, I out processed Langley on a m Friday yeah, and I in processed Langley on a Monday. Right. Crazy. So Langley being headquarters CIA, CIA. Right. And that's in Northern Virginia. So I was in Hampton Roads and then I lived up in Northern Virginia, the DC area where CIA headquarters is for the next, you know, 12, 13 years. Was your wife able to do the out as well? Or? No, she, well, she got out, but not, she, she just, she was enlisted uh, yeah. and, and they didn't, they didn't have that same offer for, for her career field. And, and so she had to finish out her commitment. And so I was actually up in Northern Virginia for about a year and a few months while she was finishing her commitment. And okay. then, and, and so we kind of, I would go down to Southern Virginia on the weekends. And um, yeah. So what was your, um, I think you just said it too, but what was your position to start in the CIA? Yeah, I was, I started, it, it, it varied around. So I started at, as, my title was like lead engineer for satellite communications, mm -hmm. and uh, and um, and I did that. And I, basically, what we did was design like ground stations. Like so, um, um, you know, you you would have like these central comms units that would reach out to geosynchronous satellites for comms, and um, and then distribute those comms to the field. Right? Okay. And um, and so, you know, I designed those ground stations at a bunch of places all over the world, right? And, um, and then help, like, once we designed them, then we'd go build them. And I did that for the first four years. Um, and the cool thing about that was Rhonda was still in Southern Virginia. I was up in Northern Virginia. And because none of the stuff that we were building was in the U.S., it was all international, um, um, I was able to just freely travel because she wasn't, I mean, it was just me and her. And she yeah. wasn't, I was... We were remotely, you know, so we were separated, but not, by, you know, just by distance, not by marital status. And, <laughs> right. uh, and uh, in that first, like, seven, eight months I was at CIA, I went from no status with United Airlines to global services. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I kept that status for almost three years, right? Because I, I went to, I was all over the place. I was, uh, 
Uh, was England, uh, Germany, <laughs> Thailand, <laughs> Japan, Hawaii. Um, Enough miles to fly oh, to Jupiter, man. basically. Yeah, it was that, that flight <laughs> to Thailand is a is a is a it's that's a that's a haul, right? Because yeah, yeah. you you fly from you fly direct from Dola, from Northern Virginia to to Narita, Tokyo, right? And then that's a that's a fourteen hour flight, oh. and then and then you have about an hour layover, and then you get another flight from Tokyo to Bangkok, and that's six hours, right? <laughs> so you're you're twenty hours in the air. So literally, the time that you get on the airplane in Dulles to the time you check into your hotel in, in Bangkok is 24 hours. It's a full day. Brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. <sighs> but, yeah. I mean, probably a cool experience when you get there. Oh, and, it's neat. It, it was cool. Thailand's a really neat place. I spent a bunch of time over there. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. What are your favorite places that you can think of that you've been around the world? Uh, Thailand's cool. Japan's really neat. Um, it's just like what you see on TV. Like, um, it's super crowded. You get on a train there. There's literally train attendants that are shoving you onto the train because it, it's just like, just like what you see, like a, a big city. It reminds you of New York, like you know when you're in Tokyo. It's Ooh. a lot like New York. Um, I went to the a lot town. of anime around, and uh, so like you know, it's like just just exactly how you would imagine it. That's how it <laughs> That's is. How it is. <laughs> and uh, I went to this little town on the border of Thailand and, and China called. Chiang Mai, and that was a really cool town, really neat little, like, great food, really, um, uh, a really neat experience. Uh, my least favorite place I've been is, um, Islamabad, Pakistan. That Pakistan. was, well, oh man, that was terrible. Like, I, I was supposed to be there for 14 days, and I worked 18-hour shifts so I could get out of there in six days. That's how <laughs> bad it was. It was really, that, that was terrible. Yeah. Right? Just, what, what exactly sticks out, just? Uh, it was, um, so I went there... Right after, I went, this was in 2010, 2009, 2010. And it was, again, this was like in the height of the global war on terrorism, yeah. right? Like it was when we were in the height of like the surge in Iraq and, and the height of the war in, in Afghanistan. And um, I went there like a week after the Taliban had bombed the Marriott in Islamabad. Right, and wow. killed a bunch of Americans. What route year, roughly? Two thousand nine. I think. Okay. Was, yeah, and um, and I was supposed I had reservations at that Marriott, so we couldn't cancel the trip because we got we had to get the work done that we needed to do. So instead, they would contract with local nationals and put you up in what they called safe houses. And really, it was this local. It was this. It was a. It was an. It was a Pakistan citizen that was contracted by the U.S. Embassy in Pakistan. To, and the U.S. Embassy would pay them to put Americans in their house, right, to sleep, like just, just to stay there. And they were supposed to have guards posted, like the, the houses were, had fences. Sure. Right, and had a gate that you had to come in through. And they had someone that was out front supposedly guarding the house, but it, it, it was anything but safe. Right. Well, I, I got to know what the yeah, vetting process or yeah, something I like don't, that I don't be. know how they vetted oh these folks, but, but I'll tell you what, I did not feel safe. Like it, the guy that was out front, supposed to guard, was asleep half the time. He, he was not armed, right? There was nobody in the house armed, right? Or at least no American was armed. None of us had, were armed, right? And, and oh, it was just, it was not, it was not cool. I asked if I could stay at the embassy. I'm like, can I just sleep here? Like, <laughs> They're like, no, unfortunately, you can't, right? And so, but I, so I worked as much as I could, and I was only at the safe house a few hours a day, wow. right? And uh, yeah, that was not, 
that that was the least favorite thing I had to do. Yeah, how do you go back and sleep? I mean, it was. Yeah, t- I mean, you, you were don't. so tired, you you fell asleep, but you you, you didn't sleep well, and you just uh-huh. got. And then again, I worked eighteen hour shifts so I could get done and get out of there. Mm-hmm. I was ready to go. Any other pl- place like that that was just not pleasant? Um, no, I mean everywhere else that we went, um, it was pretty friendly. Like again, like Thailand was friendly. Germany, the UK, um, Japan. For the most part, do these people know that you're no. working for the government? No, they don't know why you're Well, there. they know you work for the government. They don't know you're working for who you're working for, right? Okay. You, you're State Department. Right. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Everyone's State Department. Even though, like what I said, I, I was not I was not undercover, right? Nothing I yeah. was doing was secret. You weren't an international spy or anything. No, no. I wasn't. They call <laughs> those guys case officers. I was not a case officer, but um, I was just an open employee. Like, if you search me up, you know, my, my W-2 said, you know, you know, my W-2 said, you know, Central Intelligence Agency, like, I, nothing I did was secret um, um, per se, but, you know, you, you sort of did everything under the guise of you're there, you know, working for the government, right? You, you never really talked about the fact that it was, you know, CIA. Right. Any, like, crazy experiences come to mind besides, you know, the, what you've already said? No. Or was it just more kind of going to your place, doing yeah, what you needed to it do? It was a pretty normal job, right? It was like, um, I mean, it... Um, Outside of the fact that, you know, you got to go to some pretty cool places, yeah. right? But, but um, you know, it was, a, it was like, you know, I was, in, I was sort of in IT engineering, sort of, and, and it, was, uh, it was just like any other normal job, just... Um, For the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, the, the, the repercussions of failure might have been a little greater <laughs> right. than in, in some other job. But, but, I mean, as far as, like, you know, what I had to do and what I was responsible for, it was not unlike what someone working for, you know, a commercial company would be responsible for, right? So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, but it it was neat. Yeah. I I picture, like, the Pakistani safe houses being like that, uh, because wasn't it in Pakistan that they found in... Oh, uh, Osama bin Laden. Bin Laden. I picture the house being like that. You know, it's just some courier comes through, armed guards. Yeah. Just you didn't have a gun. No, no, but it's... Uh, <laughs> he's uh, making him relive this right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I've had enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good day. That was a really good day. What, when you were leaving? Oh, no, when, no, no. When, when we, when we, got, yes. when we yeah. got the news that uh, that mission was successful. Yeah, what yeah. year was that, anyways? That was 11, Remember? I think. It was yeah. 11? All right, so... That was, a, that was a good day. You guys could have been neighbors. Who? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, actually, that's true. I was there when he was there. Like, I was, I was probably, I was probably yeah. only 15 or 20 miles from him. There you go. Right. That's and did no one, I mean, I think I, they'd been tracking him for a long, I mean, you, I think that O Dark 30 movie like is fairly accurate. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the guy, there's a really cool YouTube, um, interview, um, where they interviewed the guy that actually shot Ben Laden. Yeah. What's yeah. It? Do you remember his name? I, I've definitely, I've, uh, I've heard him on interviews. I just can't place his name. Well, he's there, got a yeah. recent one where he goes into a bunch of detail of what happened. And it's really, it's a really, like, you can't stop watching it once you start watching it. Um, but, um, um, so I think we probably knew he was, or had suspicion that he was there when I was there, but, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that. Right. No, no I mean, only very select few people might've known that, right. if, that if, if it was even known at that time. Did you have a, like a, uh, uh, I don't even know how they word it, but like a information clearance, uh, I did, I, had, I was, I did, I, I had everyone that works at. Everyone who's like what they call a blue badge, like I was, an, I was a CIA employee. I wasn't a contractor. I, 
Everyone that is a Blue Badge employee has the highest level clearance you can get. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. awesome. you've got access to the information, right? So, yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Rob, Robert O'Neill, is that his name? Uh, that, sounds, that sounds familiar, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a good interview. You should watch that if you haven't watched it. It's good. Do you have any other questions on this before? No, I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I, sometimes I feel like I just jump off of something else. I don't know if you... No, no, no. I think I was. Cool. I, I think you summed it up pretty well. Unless you yeah. had anything else, no, Jason, no, no. or no? No, it's. Uh, you had your travels. You, you had your experiences, and yeah. then. Um, yeah, it was like it, it did. I, I, I had the ultimate goal to do twenty years, and uh, that, that's sort of like a military. It's like sort yeah. of an artifact a of benchmark. being in the military, yeah, yeah. right? And when you when you leave the military and join federal civilian service, they give you the option to like buy back your military time into mm. like the federal retirement system. And so I did that. And, and um, so I have like almost, I have 21 years of federal service. So, right. so then I decided I had enough of this, right? I want to see if, um, it wasn't that I had enough of it, right? What I wanted to know is if I had what it took to make it outside the safety net that is like federal employee, being a federal employee. Because, like, you know, there's a joke that as a federal employee, like, the only way you can get fired is, like, you shoot the president's dog, right? <laughs> yeah, you can be a total, like, you can be, a, like, totally incompetent and still have a job in, in the federal government. And, and I wanted to make sure that that wasn't me. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, really. So yeah, once oh, you man, get in, once they you get in, you. It's, hard to, it's hard to be fired, right? Uh, but um, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I was not that person. And, uh, and so I took the opportunity to um, go work in the private sector, doing doing similar. I mean, I mean, I did. In when I was at the agency, I started out in SATCOM, but I ended up in IT engineering, um, and I actually led a project that initiated like cloud computing for the first time ever for the intelligence agency. Oh, wow. And we partnered with Amazon Web Services to make that happen. And so I took a job in the private sector doing very similar work in cloud computing, but but uh, just totally private. And, uh, and, you know, I've had a few jobs. You know, now, outside, now that I'm not a federal employee, it's sort of almost like a free agent. Like, you know, right. you know, if you do well and you get an offer for a little bit more money, then you go take that off. There's no, I, there's no like, real loyalty, right? Yeah. You're just, oh, you're just I feel like, too, with your resume, yeah. I would just drop that down and be like, you know. Well, you know, I, I'm not This unique. is just a formality, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I'm not unique, right? There's a lot of people that have a similar resume to me, right? So, but... Uh, oh, I don't think there's as many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I, I, I left CIA and I went to work um, for a startup, right? Um, you've never heard... Of, it's, called, it's a company that was called Frame, and they did, they did desktop as a service. Like, um, so basically, like, you could run any application you wanted on a server that was hosted in the cloud. And it would be and feel and, and perform as if it was running locally on your own machine. Yeah. And, uh, and then that company got sold um, and we got bought by a company called Nutanix. And I led Nutanix's like um, federal technology division for about eight months and then went to work for Amazon Web Services. And then I worked for AWS for about 18 months and then got my current job, which I, I work for a company called NVIDIA, right? And uh, we, NVIDIA makes GPUs, graphics processing mm -hmm. units. Okay. But still, what I'm doing is like enabling like GPU technology in the cloud, right? So um, I, I, I run an engineering team that, that creates a bunch of services to enable like artificial intelligence run by GPUs and, and, and as services in the cloud. Nice. Yeah. 
I mean, most of your career is just over my head, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds way more complicated than it is, right? So I'm like minor technical, yeah. but uh, yeah, getting into building systems and programs. And, yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. important thing is you just hire people smarter than you. Exactly. Right? We hire you. <laughs> you just hire people that are way <laughs> smarter than you, and, and you try to do a good job of managing them and, and blocking and tackling, and enabling them to do good work, right? And so, yeah. so that's, what, that's what my job is. So yeah. you had mentioned um, that you guys didn't want to do the separate things so you could start a family. Um, did that come along? It did. Yeah, so we've got two kids, um, Gavin and Haley. Gavin is uh, 14, Haley's 12. Nice. Yeah, so um, uh, Gavin's uh, going to go in high school next year, um, last year in middle school, and Haley just is a sixth grader. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they're great. How'd Ga- they do with moving from? It was tough. Like, um, they were really excited about it. Just the way that it worked out with us selling our house in Virginia and buying a house down here we had to move them sort of in the middle of the school year, right? Okay. So we, when, we, when we moved down here, it was in, we moved right after Christmas of 21, and we started them in school in January. And um, I, thought it, I, I thought that was going to be okay, but it was really, it was especially hard on my son, right? My daughter, my daughter being a little bit younger, made friends really quick. My son yeah. had a hard time, right? Yeah. yeah. That sounds like I mean, I, I moved schools, but it was third grade or so yeah. or second grade or so like that yeah but. So gavin's playing football now though right he is. yeah yeah he's uh we got him in the like they do like in florida football is a whole different thing yeah. right uh it makes virginia football look silly right but oh, yeah. um, um but yeah he we got him in the spring league for the west chase colts it's like a pop warner team here locally in tampa and then uh, he played fall football and the team did they went to the pop warner super bowl right oh, his team nice. finished like fourth in the country that's so, crazy yeah yeah and, and gavin's <clears throat> lucky to be on that and gavin's good right yeah. don't get me wrong but uh but that team is filled with a bunch of great loaded kids yeah. yeah and uh and so it was really great i'm happy for him that he got to be a part of it what position kind of, does he play uh, he plays tight end and and defensive end right yeah. so yeah nice. he's a little bit bigger kid yeah right? and, moving uh, people out of the way He's got good. He's got really good hands. Yeah. Yeah. So he can catch. Next he's fast. Next Gronk. Next Gronk. Yeah. He's he's fast. Don't get me wrong, because he's he's probably going to listen to this, right? So <laughs> <laughs> he's fast, but he's 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 not like wide receiver fast. Um, but hey, but the thing is, like tight, end, tight ends are right. needed too. Yeah. The thing is, like he's big and he's got good hands. So he, I think he's I think yeah. he has a chance. And he's not done growing yet. So. I don't know. He's he's as yeah. tall as I am now, and um, I'm still growing. So I don't know <laughs> what. Because my wife's only five three, I don't know where the kids are getting their size from. <laughs> right? so, but they're, they're big. Does he have any like aspirations to continue with football? I think, yeah, of course, he college would love, maybe. He would, or? he would love to, right? Um, um, he he keeps telling me, Dad, I'm going to be six foot nine. I'm like, No, you're not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't tell you that you're not going to achieve things very often, but I'm sorry, buddy. You're not going to be six nine. But uh, he. Uh, yeah, I think he would love to play college football. Like, I think, you know, he, you know, of course, I think most kids that play dream of the NFL. But, yeah, but I, I, yeah I think um, I just want him to be able to have fun and, and create yeah. good experiences and, and things he'll remember, right? I mean, those sports memories are some of my, my still my fondest memories to this day. Growing like, up? Yeah, yeah, when I was in high school and college. What sports did you play? Well, did, aside from tennis, did you play anything yeah, else? Yeah, I played um, – I mean, through junior high school, like, uh, and for me, junior high school was seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. 
so through ninth grade, I played all I played baseball, football, and basketball, um, and I didn't actually pick up tennis until the ninth grade. Um, but I was five foot ten, one hundred and sixty pounds in, in ninth grade, and I didn't grow any more height wise. Right, and, sounds like uh, Duff. <laughs> and so and that was college for me. <laughs> so. Uh, my high school football team was pretty good, and I wasn't very big. Yeah. And uh, and then same with basketball; I just wasn't really tall enough. So, tennis ended up being my thing. But I I played all three sports, uh, the major sports growing up. Nice. Yeah. How old did you say your daughter was? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah, I have a nine-year-old. Yeah. What's your What's your daughter into? Uh, volleyball um, and TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my daughter's um, into YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, it's YouTube too, but TikTok is the thing, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. And we won't let her download Tik. She got her phone now, but no TikTok. Yeah, well, we we she got. <laughs> you into should know it. from the CIA, we, the Chinese are going to steal all your she, information. She got into it before it was really known to be like spyware. But the, um, she's got nothing on her phone for them to steal. So yeah, yeah. they can have that information. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my daughter's into cheering, and uh, it used to be dance, not so much anymore. She does just like the uh, she wants to get into the competition cheer. She did. My daughter was in tumbling, which is uh, you know sort of you know like easier gymnastics type things. Yeah, but, that's, and she's she doing would, that now. She yeah. was really she was she liked it a lot. She did cheer when she was younger, but now she's just uh, she's not like volleyball and she's kind of wants to do tennis, but she's not she's not like my son who's like he, when you he, play her in tennis, you just kill her every time. I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> just don't let up. I, yeah. You want to get good, honey? Yeah, it's no. forty aces in a row. Why don't you step up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I only do that to Rhonda. So, has your wife ever beat you in tennis? No, no not gonna <laughs> happen. No, not gonna happen. No, no, no offense, but no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fair. I enough. won't let her either. Like, I think, I think Matt's seen a little bit of my how competitive I am in darts. Like I, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't, I you guys came back and won, but I do not, I do not let anybody win. Like if I can beat you, I'm going to beat you. And if I can beat you like six Oh, six Oh, six Oh, or whatever it is to zero. Oh, so if you can, li- if he can light you up, he's coming uh, I'm not, you. Yeah. So I don't let up. Right. Like <laughs> I, I, like no matter who you are, like I'm, if I can beat you, you scoring nothing, I'm going to beat you. You scoring nothing. <laughs> Uh, it's a fault of mine. Uh, I hope when your son gets bigger and he's playing basketball, I hope he takes it to you. Man. Yeah, oh, he's already man. <laughs> yeah. Like he's all, he's I still got him right now, but not not for much longer. Because I mean, I'm I'm getting older, and he's a uh, he's he's growing. He's 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 filling into his body. Yeah. And he's strong, right? So it won't be long before he's <laughs> muscling me around. Yeah, yeah. He That's already is, he already is a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah, I just play mind tricks with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you get some, you get yeah. some experience over him. Duff told me, so you guys, what do you do with reptiles? Oh yeah, so, <laughs> so um, um, this is something that my son got me into. Like, um, um, he was more into YouTube than than like TikTok. Although he's into TikTok too now. Like, I guess all kids are, but. Yeah. He started following this guy on YouTube called Brian Barchek, right? And he, this Brian Barchek guy is like, um, got a bunch of followers, but he's a reptile guy, right? And and mainly what he did, he does all types of reptiles. He's got his own like zoo in Minnesota, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like all kind of, you know, he's got alligators and crocodiles and turtles and all different kinds of species of snakes. But cool. the 
the big thing that he was into was ball pythons, right? And what kind of what is it? Ball python. Ball python. Yeah. Okay. So it's a specific species of python that sort of originated in sort of Western Central Africa. Um, they don't get very big, you know, between you know, three and six feet long at, at the biggest size, right? But cool. but the thing that makes them really interesting is they they become sort of a, like a designer pet, right? Because the genetic <laughs> mu- the ge- genetic mutations of them of the of that species is like like almost unlimited, <laughs> right? So as you kind of as you kind of you know sort of breed these these snakes and pair these different genetics, it creates all these morphs of the of the species that represent themselves in like these really unique patterns on the snake. I'm assuming right. these are non-venomous. Oh no, no, they're pythons, right? So they're they're constrictors. They're non-venomous, yeah. right? They so don't get big enough. They can't. Yeah. And they don't get big enough yeah. that they're any threat to they would crush to anybody. human, yeah. right? So um, not talking um, Burmese pythons. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> and, and they're these snake the the ball pythons. They typically live underground in in in, in burrows. And the reason that they're called ball pythons is because when they feel threatened. They actually like, like completely like, like curl sorry, themselves up. Curl themselves up into like a ball, right? <laughs> and that's how they kind of got their that 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 name. But uh, but um, but yeah, they 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 the, the, these genetic these uh, genetic mutations are are what makes sort of them a designer pet in the reptile industry. How do you? How do you make that genetic process happen? How does that happen? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> play, play some uh, what Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Like Is it just you, you? They have a cool color, and this one has a cool color, <laughs> and, and we put them in a yeah. tank together kind, with a couple of, mice. Sort of, sort of, right? So you, um, you know, it's it's like with any, it's like with all <laughs> genetics. <laughs> it's like with all genetics, right? Like, um, um, you know, you, you're looking for you're you. You learn over, you learn almost through experimentation, mm. but then you've got a whole bunch of data that you can draw from to understand, like, hey, are these genes like compatible? Like, in, like, are they allelic, right? Mm. And and um, if you pair these genes together, what happens? Can it create sort of a, a like a dominant gene, or is it going to create a recessive gene? And if you get the recessives, will it present itself visually? And and so you you um, do the research and try to figure out, okay, if I put these two things together, they're shown to be compatible, right? And yeah. if you can if you can make those genes visually represent themselves in the snake, I can, can create these really neat patterns, right? And and those patterns are what draw people to the snake, right? Both yeah. as either, you know, people that just want them as pets or the people that want them to kind of create the next yeah, mutation. The next, yeah. Do people yeah. like approach you to purchase them? Uh, not us yet, because we just we're just so we're only about a year and a half into it, right? And um, and so we haven't actually like made anything yet. It's a big business. Like yeah, it's I it's bet. it's bigger than it's bigger than I ever imagined. Like when my son was like, "Hey, Dad, I want to get a ball python." I'm like, "Well, I'm like I don't know anything about this, right?" Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> It's like do some research, buddy, and, and like present me with the paper, right? Yeah, Tell me yeah. how you're going to take yeah. care of it, right? Was this in and Virginia or Florida? Virginia. Okay, I was going to yeah. say this seems like a Florida yeah. thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was in Florida. Vi- I want to breed snakes. Yeah. <laughs> it was in Virginia, and I actually bought him one in Virginia, but just one, and we weren't going to breed it. It was just for as a pet, just because. Yeah. And and he did a pretty good job of taking care of it. But when we decided we were going to move to Florida, I said, "Hey, you know, when we get to Florida, as long as it's legal." Like we'll get a couple and we'll try to breed them and see what happens, right? And mm. that get a couple has turned into more than a couple, 
Right, so, no, so no, are you, are you said, allowed to allowed to say what more than a couple is? Twenty twenty five. Twenty five. <laughs> yeah. So you said they live in the ground mostly, like yeah. Where, how do you house them? Yeah, so they, there's there's again, it's a big business. There's there's companies that do nothing but like design and build like housing for ball pythons. Okay. And so there's special racks, right? That that have tubs that sort of replicate like a like an underground burrow for the snake, right? They don't live in aquariums like with light and it, it all they, they, they have very solitary lives. Right? Gotcha. So yeah. Yeah, that's picture like this huge tank. <laughs> the twenty five of them kept separately or they're kept, they se- they're okay. kept separately, right? The only time they're together is when you're trying to mate them. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's neat. It's it like, sounds interesting. I never yeah. thought I would do that, right? But uh, here, here we are. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a roommate back in the uh, right when I first moved back down to Florida with my buddy Jeff, and uh, he had a, a frat um, brother he was with. He had a ball python, and uh, the the python tried to get out of the cage he had or the, the tank he had, and he cut himself all the way. Like I guess it was a sharp edge. The ball python cut himself all the way down, and the the kid freaked out, brought him to whatever sort of animal hospital, got him stitched up, and this ball python knew enough. Like, if you put – the kid's name was Mike. Yeah. If you put him in a circle with, like, six other people, the python would go towards him. Like, the python knew he saved his life. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. Like, and, yeah. you know, so they do have a mind. He was actually – he was a cool pet we had every once in a while. We let him out in the house. but <laughs> Let him rumble yeah. through through the, the party. Yeah, it's pretty relaxing. He's pretty chill. We get them out every once in a while, but uh, but uh, mainly just like to to weigh them and you know just to make sure that, you know clean clean their cages and all that stuff. We don't really handle them or have them out like as pets, right? Yeah. It's more it's a business thing for us. Like hopefully hopefully we'll we'll make some and be able to sell some, but uh, uh, we'll see. Good luck, see man. Yeah. Goes, yeah. We uh, I used to watch this guy on YouTube called it was like Pico's Hank. And he's a tornado guy, he's yeah. like tor- a storm chaser. Yeah. But he has a whole separate channel of when he's out, like storm chasing, interacting with just finding snakes, like crossing mm-hmm. the street. Yeah. And he gets up and he picks them up and he brings them to yeah. safety. So my daughter started watching that channel and she like, she if you, she sees a snake like in person, she'll run away from it. Yeah. But she loves watching the videos of him like handling them. Yeah. And, well, yeah. In Florida, that's the right thing to do because you don't know which one it's going to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Oh well, man, I appreciate you doing the podcast. This was a lot of fun. You're an I interesting so. guy. <laughs> Thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. It was, it was good to be here. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, we'll get you back on again sometime when you when your ball python numbers up to fifty and yeah. you, you got a business yeah. going. Yeah, and we didn't talk anything about Tennessee football. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Who? We'll have to save that <laughs> for, uh, next, yeah, save yeah. for next. Time. You guys had a good start to this year. And yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, I did want to ask you about that. You you were on the uh, you went to the Alabama game this year with Tennessee. I did. Yeah. So we um, it was it was amazing. Like like you're texting us the whole time, sending pictures. Yeah. I <laughs> like mean, you're so, you're so psyched. I mean, I'm obviously very biased, but I just that game. I, did you watch that game? Parts of it. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, it went. It came down to the fourth quarter. Like Tennessee had a like a a forty three yard forty two yard field goal to win the game. And he, the kicker kicked a knuckleball that like nobody believed it was going through, and it went through. And and as a grown man, it had been 
15 years since we beat out, I almost yep. cried. <laughs> right, there I was that happy about it. And, and then everyone rushed the field. And I, I was telling my wife before the game, like, if we win, you and I are going to be on the field, right? And, and, and she and I went down. We were, we were on the field. It was amazing. Yes. It was really cool. And you said that's the best stadium to watch a game at. And well, you're saying that unbiased. Well, well, I'm, I'm kind of saying it unbiased. I'm a bit. I've heard that from other people. I'm a bit biased, but it's you know it's 102,000 crazy fans. Yeah. What's the name of the field again? Na- it's Nayland Stadium. Nayland. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, 102,000 crazy fans. It's you can't hear yourself think, right? It is so loud. It's the loudest stadium I've ever been in. And like, it, yeah, it, there's no NFL stadium that I've been to that comes close. I hear I, like Minnesota's loud and. I got to figure college football has the most well, usually, rabid yeah, you got fan the, the, base. The I mean, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. And yeah. everybody wants to 100% be there. Into that's, it. that's the other part, yeah. too. Is like, is half of the NFL stadiums seems like people are just there yeah. just, to, yeah. just to be there. Not because they they truly love this team. But, but then, then you know, <laughs> at the end of the game, when we were on the field, they played, um, what's the Alabama song? They played the Alabama song. They played the Alabama theme song, but it, what is the song? It's a is it roll? It's a roll tide something or no? It's the song that goes yeah. on a Tennessee Saturday night. Uh, anyway, it's an it's an Alabama the group Alabama. Oh, okay. The, 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 like the country song. no the country like, wow, the is... country music group Alabama. Okay, yeah. They play they're, they're sort of like theme song for Alabama Crimson Tide is this Alabama song this and and. The Alabama song is about Tennessee, right? They're, 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 they're singing about being in Tennessee on a Saturday night. And, um, and so we played it just to get under Alabama's skin <laughs> as we were rushing the field. And now it's become a thing. Like yeah. now, now we, we play that almost at every event now. We're playing that song. Right? So <laughs> it was really well, cool. That'll fire it up yeah. for next year. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're playing them in Birmingham next year. So it, it, it's going to be interesting. A little rivalry going now. Yeah. Yeah. In Birmingham or? Uh, or Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. Okay, I was trying Tuscaloosa. to say, I was like you're playing a neutral, sorry. Tuscaloosa. <laughs> a neutral field Tuscaloosa. in Alabama. Yeah. Tuscaloosa, not Birmingham. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. you gonna you go, are you gonna yeah. go to that one wearing your orange? No, no, no. <laughs> I might go to the Florida game though this year because they're they're playing in Gainesville, so that's okay. pretty. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I might go there. All yeah, right, we, guys. We got to get you to a lightning game, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. I go to just watch hockey and not cheer anybody. Yeah, yeah. not even your own team. Nope. Yeah. Your team's too good now. Yeah, they won today. Just to let you know. What's the record now? Fifty-five and no, they're on two? pace. I think if they win fourteen of the last nineteen games, which is now thirteen of the last eighteen. Uh, they'll have the record, which doesn't mean anything because all we want is a Stanley Cup. So <laughs> couldn't care less about points or wins. There you go, man. You got to win in the playoffs. Yep. See you guys. All right. See you. Thanks. You out? How's the punny? Hey, he's go? trying to be professional. So <laughs> our previous <laughs> guest, Austin, leaving. He was putting on the putting green. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right, have Take fun care. at work. I'll see you at Brew later. <laughs> That's why we edit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we don't take it out. It's fine. Or I'll just put it at the back. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard any of those episodes? We started with our little blooper reels at the end. I have. Yeah. <laughs>